0: Welcome to another Good News For You episode here on the Practicology Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. We really appreciate your time. And if you find today's episode interesting, you may wish to do a search on our website at practicologypodcast.com. Search for GFNY and you will find a few other short episodes like this one presenting the good news of the gospel in very clear terms. But this one is special because it is a special Christmas edition. Mike and I do wish you all a very Merry Christmas. Of course, the good news of God's grace appearing to us in the arrival of His Son, Jesus Christ, is the very best of good news messages. Uh, But I've also got a little more good news to share with you about some upcoming prizes that we'd like to send out here from Practicology. Stay tuned to the end of today's episode to learn about that. I'm going to start this episode with a rough singing clip from our recent community Christmas carol service with our home church here at North Street Gospel Hall in Halifax, Nova Scotia. I love this classic Christmas carol. Listen in. Silent night, holy night, shepherds quake at the sight. That was the night when Christ the Savior was born. Those words reflect the record of Jesus' birth documented in the gospel according to Luke. Luke, the writer, was a medical doctor, but he applied his intellect in other fields and has proven himself as a very credible first century historian as well. Let me just read with you a portion of his carefully researched summary of the first Christmas night with you. After Mary gave birth to her firstborn son and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them, Luke chapter 2, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. That Silent Night's reference to the shepherds quaking at the sight. They were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid. For look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Christ, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger." Of the 27 books that compose our New Testament, four of them are called Gospels. And of those four historical records, two of them record something of the infancy of Jesus Christ. That's Matthew and Luke. And they write from different perspectives. They've got different objectives in recording their material and choosing the material that they've selected. And some of their details are written about different points in time as well. Now, while Matthew gives us the perspective of Joseph... Luke is writing from the perspective of Mary. Matthew records the sign of Jesus' birth as being a star in the sky. Luke records the sign as a baby in a manger of all places. In Matthew, the question is, where is the one who is born king? He is called king, king of the Jews. In Luke, a Savior was born for you. What's what we just heard on that song, Christ the Savior is born. In Matthew, the visitors are Gentile wise men from the east. In Luke, the visitors are local Jewish shepherds. Now, shepherds are, of course, a prominent theme in the Bible. Some of Scripture's most famous men were shepherds. Abraham and Moses are a couple of examples, David, another one. But though they are prominent in Scripture, in the days of the Lord Jesus, many people didn't respect them very much. Their work was a bit dirty. So that made it a bit difficult for them to keep the Jews' ceremonial laws, so they're considered unclean. As they drifted from area to area with their flocks, people sort of looked upon them as dishonest thieves. It kind of went with being drifters. So therefore, their testimony was actually invalid in a Jewish court. In short, shepherds tended to be disrespected, disliked. And yet, on the night when the Messiah Savior from heaven was born and God wanted to let people on earth know, the ones that were awake to hear the news were shepherds. God's good news of great joy for all people came to lowly, unclean, disrespected shepherds. Maybe you are a listener who feels a little bit like the shepherds of that first Christmas. Maybe you feel looked down upon or feel that others consider you to be unclean. You feel unwanted and left out. Well, the angel's message to the shepherds is God's message to you today. A Savior was born for you. It remains a common misperception that the good news message of the gospel is only for religious people. Well, of course it doesn't exclude them, but it's not exclusively for them. That's why God sends the message to lowly shepherds. So the story that we've read is both historical and symbolical. You don't need to deny one to maintain the other, especially when you know that God is the author of the story. As Professor David Gooding says, history is solid fact. But without poetic accompaniment, history can become a bit dry and dull. And while poetry can be glorious, he says, without historical input, its impact is is lessened. The good news of Christmas blends the two. The account is historical. Dr. Luke is a first-class historian, but it is full of symbolic significance as well. The announcement to lowly shepherds is a Christmas reminder that God looks out for those who feel left out. God looks out for those who feel left out. A Savior was born for you. And the message to the shepherds was not just to the shepherds, just as the good news of Christmas is not only for the religious, neither is it only for those you might consider to be down and out. It's for everyone. The angel's message was this is good news for all the people. The true message of Christmas is not just for the Christians. It's not just for people of a certain culture or ethnicity. Jesus is a Savior for all people. 1 John 4 says, The Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Now let's just come back to some words that I've sort of skipped over so far. The first words, actually, that the angel spoke to the shepherds. The first words were, Don't be afraid. We read that the shepherds were terrified at first, and you likely would be too if your night shift was interrupted like this with an angel of the Lord standing in front of you and the glory of the Lord lighting up the night around you. Your hands would be shaking so much that you wouldn't even be able to get a clear photo to post to your Instagram account. That's why we sang Shepherds Quake at the sight," And it's why the heavenly messenger had to preface his announcement of good news with the command to not be afraid. Don't be afraid, is one of God's most repeated commands in the Bible. It was a needed word to the shepherds around Bethlehem around the year 4 B.C. And I suspect it's a needed word to some of you who are listening to this episode at Christmas 2023. Do you have some fears? Maybe you have some loved ones who are living in dangerous parts of the world and you fear for their safety. Maybe you're fearful of the impact of high interest rates and high grocery bills. Maybe you're fearful of illness. Maybe you're fearful of where society is headed. Scripture's repeated appeal to not be afraid is not not just a a mere empty phrase. It's not just like a pat on the back with a, there, there, it's all going to work out in the end. No. Scripture's appeal to not be afraid is grounded in the good news of God's promises and faithfulness. It's based on an omnipotent God's ultimate triumph over evil. On the first Christmas night, the appeal to not be afraid was grounded in the long-promised birth of the Savior. The angel says, don't be afraid, for look, in other words, here's the reason, I proclaim to you good news of great joy for all the people, today a Savior was born for you. So Christmas is a reminder of the faithfulness of God to His promise to send His Messiah Son to be our Savior. It is the good news of God's salvation in Jesus Christ that can still our biggest fears. Don't be afraid, for I bring you good news. A Savior is born for you. Well, let's think about those very personal words that the shepherds spoke on that first Christmas, and I would like you to think about them this Christmas. A Savior was born for you. That phrase is the essence of why Jesus came and why there is Christmas. Uh, You've likely already been using some of those little christmas gift sticker tags they will say from and to and you'll write your name on the from probably you won't write your own name on the to but you'll write your name on the from part of it well if we stuck such a tag on the baby jesus it would say from god to you a savior was born for you christmas exists not because of black friday or cyber monday or boxing week blowouts but because a Savior was born for you. In fact, that's what the name Jesus means, right? The Lord saves. Now, if you were out doing some Christmas shopping and uh, somebody burst through the doors of the store and began to shout and get everyone's attention and, and they said, uh, Everybody needs to listen to me. I am here to be your Savior. Well, you think it's a bit strange and maybe even rude. But you might also be curious, well, if you're, if you're, gonna, if you're here to be a Savior, what, what is it that you are saving us from? A Savior saves people from something. He rescues people from danger. Well, a little more Bible reading tells us plainly why we needed a Savior. The angel who appeared to Mary's husband, Joseph, in Matthew 1, said, call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We needed a Savior to rescue us from our own sins and their consequences. Christmas tells us the Savior has come for us to save us from our sins. A Savior was born for you. The Savior has died and risen again for you. Christmas is God's gift of Jesus Christ to you. And as with any gift you are offered, your responsibility is to personally receive it. Salvation, this rescue from sins in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ needs to be received by faith. An acknowledgment that we need a Savior because of our sin and putting our trust in the Lord Jesus. So that lovely song that played at the beginning of our episode today, Silent Night, Holy Night, in which the Savior was born, you've heard those words, but now we want to appeal to you to think about Why he was born and for whom he was born, who it was that he came to save. Think about those words spoken to the shepherds on that first Christmas night and think about how they apply to you today. A savior was born for you. That's good news for you. Hey, we've got more good news for all of our listeners. I want to remind you that daylight hours are about to start getting longer, February is just around the corner. And February is I Love to Read Month, which means we are doing our annual reading challenge and the book we've chosen to read through and talk about is Why I Am a Christian by John Stott. This is not a difficult read, it's not a very long book, but it is a valuable book and I think it can be a help to a lot of people, no matter the status of your relationship with God today. This book is good for believers and this book is good for people that are not yet believers. So, We really encourage you to pick up a copy. It's something you can pass along to others after you've read it. And if you do participate in the reading challenge with us and you read through that short book in the month of February, we'll do a few podcast episodes going through the book as well. Um, Let us know, though, that you've read it, and we'll put your name in a draw for a brand-new sweatshirt that we'll be offering. The sweatshirts are a little collab that we've got going on with Prince of Peace. Not that Prince of Peace, though I do trust he is partnering with us too, but that is Prince spelled. P-R-I-N-T-S. Prince of Peace is an apparel venture started up by Jacob Nesbitt in the beautiful city of San Antonio, Texas. And Jacob has designed some really nice products. I wear one of their hoodies on a regular basis lately. And we're looking forward to getting these sweatshirts in. They will have a small Practicology logo on one sleeve, a small Prince of Peace logo on the other sleeve... And the front has the Greek word tetelestai written in Greek, which is translated as it is finished in John nineteen thirty. I think it could be a great conversation starter as you wear that around. And we're very thankful for the opportunity to collaborate with Jacob and Prince of Peace. As I said, he's got some great stuff out there. And we'd like to give away at least 10 of these sweatshirts. So if you can complete the reading challenge, your odds are good. Our listenership is not topping Spotify's charts. We know that. So, uh... The bright side of that is that makes your chances of winning one of the sweatshirts even better. Now, the book is not usually super cheap to buy, at least for its size. Uh, I'm sorry about that, but it is a good book, a short and not difficult to read book. And we're looking forward to going through it with you. So please pick up a copy, and we'll be reminding you about that in the weeks ahead as well. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know if you have any questions or feedback. You can email us at info at practicologypodcast.com. Or you can interact with us on Facebook as well or Instagram. And on behalf of all of us at the Practicology Podcast team, we wish you a wonderful Christmas. Remember, the Savior was born for you.